Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. Hamil Javeri is still on vacation, so one more time I am filling in. She should be back next week. I've got my colleague Chris Corman on the line today to talk about uh, something that, that remains a pretty big issue in the NFL and, and I think in football in general, and something he's written about an awful lot, uh, which is... Uh, helmets and and head injuries and tackling in the NFL especially. Uh, Chris, welcome, first of all. And and second, get me up to speed here because I think, as you know, I don't follow the NFL all that closely at this point. Right, right. Well, thanks for having me, Ted. I appreciate it. Uh, And I I guess uh, where I would start is that uh, even you probably know that the NFL at some point over the last several years acknowledged uh, that the sport may in fact be scrambling some brains uh, and has taken some incremental steps to try to make it safer. Um, and in March of this year passed a rule, uh, a very broad rule at, at the time um, saying lowering the head to initiate contact with the helmet is a foul. So you know, pretty. So that uh, that is the new because I read a lot. Right. I read I saw a lot of headlines that there is a new rule, right. and I know that there was a lot of confusion over it. Right, that was the new rule, and uh, everyone freaked out immediately. Um, and you know, to be honest, in- including us, you know, Stephen Ruiz, who's our NFL writer who uh, watches a ton of NFL film, immediately went and watched a game. I think it was the Steelers Bengals, uh, which is a particularly violent game usually. Uh, but he watched a, uh, a half, so just two quarters of football, and decided based on that rule simply that using lowering your head to initiate contact with the helmet is a foul. Just that rule. There, there were 39 possible penalties over 75 plays, um, and he thought 22 of those were absolutely penalties. You know, you could clearly see the players want either an offensive or a defensive player, and often both lowering their helmets to initiate contact uh so everyone freaked out spent most of the summer worried that this was going to ruin the game that there would be no flow to the game that it would fundamentally change it it would be impossible to tackle uh you know it really was the nfl is great at creating commotion around things like this right like they they create uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. That's what they do, right? They create right. commotion over the preseason schedule, right? And or, uh, yeah, preseason schedule, or you know how how inflated a football. It's just these things that it's just amazing how much time we spend talking about them. Um, so the preseason came, and through the first two weeks, there were something like fifty of these calls. You know, fifty lowering the helmet calls. Uh, which sounds like a big number, right? Like everyone was sort of like, see, see, but that's 1.5 a game. There are three holding calls in a game. Right. Um, so, you know, there's, it really was not that much of a disruption. And it's sort of, you know, Stephen and I would watch games and talk about it. it. Yeah, the game looks a little bit better. You know, people are not lowering their heads to run into each other, which seems like a basic thing that humans now, is should, it, should avoid. I have just a, a technical question. Is that does that go on both sides? Like if you're a running back and and you're yes. approaching contact and you lower your head, that's that's a penalty as well. Right. Yes. You are not. No player is supposed to initiate contact with their head. Okay. Um, and you know the defensive players were most upset about it. You know, even uh, Richard Sherman, who's uh, uh, you know a loud mouth, uh, but, but a smart but a guy, smart but a smart guy. Mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who usually gets it. Um. 
you know, was very angry about it. And uh, so the league did what the league does, which is they got some people together and talked about it. And uh, so basically after about two and a half weeks of the preseason came out and said, you know, they said they weren't changing the rule. The rule was staying as it was. (laughs) But inadvertent or incidental contact with the helmet and or the face mask was no longer a foul. So all of a sudden, there I mean, there basically is no rule at that point, right? Like, you're now just asking the officials to determine whether or not a player meant to hit another player with his helmet. So basically, only the worst of the worst hits are going to get called. You're sort of giving the official the option to to make that call based on what sounds like very vague standards when it seems like maybe a a hit is, is above and beyond. Right, exactly. And so the result is that we had... This past weekend, the second week of the actual season, uh, I think there was one call, uh, as far as we could tell, it didn't end up in the play-by-play being written down as as a violation of the helmet rule. Um, you know, so it's just not happening. And there are, are dozens of other plays where a running back and a cornerback uh, approach each other in the flat and both lower their helmets and hit each other and nothing happens. Um, you know, it's, it's very clear that... These are two players meaning to hit each other with their helmets, and it's just not being called. So, I mean, the rule really has gone out the window for the most part. There, you know, and even the two the two big hits that we wrote posts on, uh, Andrew Luck was leveled in week one while sliding, and Cam Newton was leveled in week two while sliding. I mean, those were unnecessary roughness calls. They are not. They're not even really part of the new rule you know it's it's always been illegal to obliterate a quarterback while he is sliding on the ground See, uh, and for me it's weird because you know even that hit and and you wrote after the luck hit that the nfl needs a more strict policy and that's, a, that's something i definitely want to talk about but uh for me and and this is partly because i have two it's it's like a it's a weird uh sort of counterintuitive thing i guess like the the head injuries were were undoubtedly the biggest factor in turning me away from football and the NFL. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame people who still want to watch. It's just like something I find uh, makes me a little bit queasy when I, when I know (laughs) that guys are shooting themselves in the heart to donate their brains to science, right? That doesn't, uh, for me personally, and and because I have, and this is what I was, what I was getting to, uh, I played football my whole life. I played football Mm -hmm. from, from third grade through high school. I, I, uh, sort of harbored dreams of playing D3 football that I, that I gave up when I uh, got into a D1 college and didn't want to be a, a tackling dummy there. Right. Uh, but but I, I love like football. If you talk to me when I was 17 years old, football is the only thing that mattered to me. And football right. mattered a whole lot to me uh, you know, up until my early 30s. Um, so for me, watching something like that luck play, uh, it doesn't even seem that egregious you know like it doesn't and like and i think for you since you watch it regularly you could say like okay no no no, this is beyond the pale here and and he did the defender did sort of lower his helmet and and hit a guy who was obviously sliding but i feel like uh you know late 90s early aughts at every level of football you see that play you know just five times a game and and there's no flag right i mean we we grew up watching plays like that set to rock music uh, you Absolutely. know, aired... that's, that's like the appeal of football part. Right. right. Sunday mornings like, oh, look at Andre Waters, who's now dead, uh, you know, from suicide, obliterating some guy. Bone you know, like shattering was... hits. Yeah. Right. You know, that was uh, that was just a huge part of it. Um, so, yeah, I think when people 
like me write about the sport now, we're sort of coming at it from how can we get it to be where it is the best version of itself? Because you're never going to take the violence out of football. You're never going to take concussions out of football. Uh, but there may be ways to make it not as violent and not so many concussions. You well, know, and I think there's got to be ways that in which it's already improved, right? Because right. Now, oh, just, just by how much we now know about concussions, I have to think that NFL players are being, or at least being a, a little more careful about it and, and telling people and not being afraid to speak up and saying like, hey, I got this crazy headache that's lasted like three days. Maybe I need a day off here. Whereas I can speak, and, and this is, I think, part of why this in, issue uh, resonates so deeply with me. I remember in a high school game when I was a junior year, I, uh, I you would say I got my bell rung, you know, right, like there's right. this, and yeah. like I took, a, I, I had a direct full speed helmet to helmet hit with a kid. It was on an interception and I was only playing offense. So I, I came off the field. Um, I was woozy. I threw up. I told no one. And right. I went back in the game because it's football. And that's how, that's football culture is it's, it's a violent sport and it rewards the toughest guys and you want you're just always going to want to be the toughest guy right yeah and i mean that's the whole thing we're dealing with here is that this is going to evolve and it's going to change but it's going to take a lot of time right like to get that out of the game what what is that going to take you know you're a high school kid who has ingested this idea of being tough and how to be tough and so changing that is... And I was like the smart kid on the team, right? Like I was the kid who was, <laughs> right. who was supposed to be better than that, but I absolutely was not. It just was like, right. there's no, no way I'm coming out of the football game. Right. This that's, is what I'm here for. I'm a tough guy. Right, that's team culture, you know? And it's, and that's, uh, it, it's, a very, it's, a, it's a very normal thing with football. And the, the way to change it, honestly, is that it's, it's just got to... I mean, we're talking about, you know, I mean, you have a, you have a, a young son. I have a, I have a five-year-old son. Um, my, you know, I live in a, uh, you know, a, a suburb with a, a very mixed suburb, you know, as far as socioeconomic and they're, you know, they have six year old tackle football and I get email after email every day from the local rec league because they're having trouble filling this football team that they've never, you know, they sort of view themselves as like, we're a great youth football program. We've had really great teams. And suddenly they can't get quite enough players to have tackle football, um, and and that it's and that's happening everywhere. There are high schools that that you know that are dropping their football programs or only have twenty kids. Um, so just the the approach to football has changed drastically, but but the mental approach needs to change. So you know the guys coaching, you, know, you think about it, the guys coaching the my this six year old football team near me, they are forty five, fifty, whatever. They grew up in, in this era. So the change is, is just going to come slowly. It's not until... I mean, I, I, co I coached JV football as right. well. And I, like, I am horrified by the things I had kids do to each other. Like, I, yeah. I am absolutely horrified. And, and I didn't know. I was just as innocent or guilty as anyone else coaching football in 2004 or whatever it was. Right. But I used to, like, we thought it was fun. We, we did something that, a drill I had, I got from Madden Football, which was the offensive <laughs> line drill where, uh, you know, one guy is defending a cone and the defensive lineman comes running at him full speed and they crash into each other and tries to get to the phone, uh, the, the, the cone. And they, right. these kids were just, like, 15, 
18-year-old kids, and I'm thinking, like, oh, they're, they've got, like, young, pliable bodies. They're totally fine. And at my behest, I was sending teenage kids just crashing into each other, right. helmet to helmet, every single day. Right, right. And it's, you know, and, and probably most, a lot of those hits, the kids were having fun. You they know were, I mean? they were having that? great fun. They right, loved it. It was right, their favorite right. drill. Right. I mean, football, you know, it. It is fun. There Super is, and fun. It's, and it's right. fun to hit people, right? That's right. part of the fun of football. Right. And it's and it's so hard changing that culture. I mean, like we – it's funny because we know the, the the map. Like we kind of understand like there shouldn't be any, any tackle football until high school. Like there's just no – there's really no reason. You know, kids that young are not learning proper tackle technique. They're not – there's nothing that they're really gaining from from tackling each other at that that age. Well, so you know, I will they're... say, I will say, so my nephew plays. Am I? He's he's 11, and he plays youth football. Uh, I don't know that he, you know, how long he's going to play. Um, but I know that now. I mean, first of all, their helmets are absurdly large. They all right. look like little like like Q-tips, right? You know, and and <laughs> whereas when I played youth football, it was like, hey, grab a helmet from that pile. Now, <laughs> um, and it was just like an, you know, like and it's like this one's cracked. I guess I don't don't use this one. Now these kids are going to like one specific place where they get the helmet specially fitted for their head, and they pay way more money for it. Um, and and and. Like, one of my best friends is a high school coach in North Carolina for, like, an extremely competitive program there, and they don't hit at all. Like, during right. during the week, they don't hit at all. And he right. said, what's, what's kind of amazing about it is when the lights come on, the, the good kids still know what they're doing, and they still right. know how to hit. So you can cut out, I think, a lot of the... The sort of little day-to-day damage in in the at the youth level, um, and I say this again as someone who is really not watching football a ton because of of this issue. But I, I do imagine. I mean, I'm not that messed up, right? Like I, I did it my whole life, and and I don't have any, as far as I know, symptoms of CTE or anything like that. It's not everybody, right? It's a horrifying right. thing, and it's scary, but it's not every everybody. And and I do think there are ways. That you can go through your life playing football and having fun and 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 hitting without like damaging your brain for the long term. I think where it's where it's especially different is the NFL, where there's never going to be a way to limit the size and strength of these guys, right? You don't want right. slower, crappier players in the NFL, and so you're always going to have collisions that are essentially like the impact of a sixty mile an hour highway, uh, you know, head to head crash. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I think uh, to be blunt about it, we just have to get to a point where it's happening on Sunday and not many other places. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's not like why you don't need it. August 3rd. You don't need it. I uh, certainly don't need it in some summer. You know, I mean, they've gotten rid of most contact in, in, in other other times of the year. But you just I mean, just limit it as much as you can. And then and, and then limit also don't you know, don't leave with your head on Sundays. But when two, if two guys run into each other, I mean, there's still going to be amazing, crazy hits, right? Like two, two 240-pound guys running four or five 40s are going to hit each other over the middle. And, and you, you know, you can get a concussion that way, too. You don't have to lead with your head. Your, your brain is just floating I mean, you can get, But you can get a concussion in baseball, and you can get a concussion right. in basketball, and obviously you can get tons of concussions in hockey. Uh, the difference in football is that it is the only one of those major sports where, like, actually – hitting the other person is is right like it's the part and parcel to the strategy right. it is right the game. exactly right yeah. right and so you know just just limiting it and not doing it when they're young not doing it that much in high school limiting it in college you know not doing it during the week like you said guy you know 
you can teach proper tackling uh, other ways. You know, there are you don't have to just have a guy tackle somebody 35 times uh, during a two-hour practice to to know how to tackle. Um, and and if the tackling gets a little bit worse, like is that really? I mean, is that a trade that we're not willing to make? I don't know. See, that was that was going to be a question I had for you. Like, is right. is this something? Because I know it's it's a weird thing for me because I kind of feel both sides of this. Whereas, right. like, one sure. part of me is like, no, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be better than this, and I'm you know going to sit on my um, in my tower and judge the people for watching this violent sport. And the other part of me is like. Man, I wish this should you know back in my day we hit harder, we do cooler stuff. You know, like there there is still that sort of like tough guy football persona buried inside me. That's like, oh, these guys are all pampered now, right? I yeah, I mean, again, it's just changing the culture, right? Like that's you just have to get there. I I mean, our cult like our culture right now is that oh yeah, hitting and and hitting hard and. Uh, it's just part of the game. But We're still like I, that, so that's it's still like that, right? Yeah, I I think so, and I, I just I don't. I mean, we we are ten, fifteen, twenty years away from it really changing. There are more colleges that aren't hitting. You know, everybody talks about St. John's, which was a Division three school in Minnesota that won a ton of games, and they never tackled during practice. So, you know, there are examples out there uh, of teams doing it. Now, it, there are other variables. You know, maybe they're just getting great players you know they were great just recruiting players who were simply so much better that they did not need to practice um but yeah i mean we 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 just know that there's such a football mentality of if you aren't inherently better faster more skilled one thing you can do is you can be tougher and meaner you know that's how a kid ends up dying at maryland uh you know right. you're in a in a, a routine uh you know, fitness session where they're just trying to, you know, because the coaches are saying we're Maryland and we need to do something to take a step up to play against Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Right. Um, so that yeah, I don't know how that culture comes out, but but that's what little rules like this are for, right? Like right. if 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 the NFL now looks a tiny bit different, and I think it looks a lot different to my son, to your son when he starts watching, if there aren't so many of those huge collisions if that if that doesn't seem to be the point then i think it gets baked into them as they come up and and it's not as much a part of the game and then people who are better you know were better educated players who went who got to college and yeah you know 10 years ago no you weren't a college football player was arriving at whatever big state you and he wasn't getting he wasn't talking to someone about concussions but now all of them are there's right. somebody coming in and saying here's what you need to know about concussions here's how you let us know here's the symptoms uh so that when those people start moving into leadership roles the game will change a little bit um and so it, it's just going to take a lot of time and it's going to take little frustrations like this you know we it was such a freak out in august and really it hasn't mattered a whole it hasn't done a whole lot other than make tackling a little bit safer it seems so i and i'm not expecting you to be a futurist but your take is that cause because i i've read i mean i've read pretty reasonable takes from people say you know we're not going to play football in 50 years or there's going to be seven on seven and that's going to be it and you know it'll be like summer drills like we did and or it'll right. be uh leather helmets again you know so people right, right. don't want to uh your take is football what does football look like 25 and 50 years from now 
Yeah, I, I think 25, it's probably we're still playing the same game, but it's a lot, you know, we're a lot smarter about how often players are getting hit. Uh, hopefully a lot smarter about uh, taking players out uh, when there's any suspicion of a concussion, you know, not sort of relying on the concussion tests we have now, which are, are deeply flawed. Um, it, you know, just putting ourselves in a position where we're not having, you know, the NFL having a 53-man limit, sort of means that guys have a lot of guys have to go back in you know hopefully the the players association changes that mm-hmm. um you know so hopefully we're just a, a lot smarter about dealing with them uh in all all around them you know you're just not having and and the subconcussive hits too so not not as many of those we're just smart about it it's mostly flag football for youth uh up until high school um and there's just a real focus on it uh, and, and then 50 years I'm not really sure. I mean, I. I mean, I guess in 50 I, years we're lucky if civilization still exists. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I. Route I, we're going, it's not entirely clear. Right, so, uh, so we'll just leave I'm, that one. We'll I'm hoping. I'm bit. hoping to make it to 2020, man. Right. So. It'll be like it'll be like Mad Max football, and you know the the hits, helmet to helmet hits, will be the least of our problems because it'll be like marauding gangs of motorcyclists right. coming through our town and such. Yeah, Chris. I, I mean, honestly, it will be avatars, right? It'll be, I mean, I, I actually right. talked to futurists about this, and it will be, you know, guys oh, we'll have sitting in death. their own, we'll have own chamber. Yeah. Right, you know, and they'll they'll be doing their own thing. Yeah, I mean, it won't even be happening on a field. It'll be projected onto a screen and based on what, what people are doing. See, I don't want to watch that. I'm out. I'm out. If I don't want to watch... You still be watching baseball. Baseball's not going to change, man. Uh, well, yeah, I know. That's why it's, it's nice to know I'm not going to have to watch robots because they're not dying on the field, right? So... Uh, because I don't want I want to watch people play video games, if, even if you're calling it football. <laughs> uh, but I'm old. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for for joining me. Sure, yeah, thanks for having me, Ted. Appreciate the time. And uh, Hamel Javeri should be back next week. Charles Curtis will have you as always on Tuesday. Thanks for listening.